Hi, Samir Samit here, and welcome to our F1 podcast. Today we'll be talking about the 2022 Bahrain Grand Prix. And boy, after all the wait, was this a really exciting race weekend. Yeah, um, we just came off of preseason testing where it looked like Red Bull and Ferrari would be the favourites for winning the race and fighting for the world championship. And it looked like Mercedes, the reigning constructors champions, would be in the midfield with the likes of a surprising Haas and McLaren and Aston Martin, maybe. Yeah, so at preseason testing, right before day one of the Bahrain preseason testing, it was announced that Haas would terminate their contract with Nikita Mazepin and their title sponsor, Ural Kali. So then they got they called up their former driver, Kevin Magnussen. So Kevin Magnussen, they re-signed on a multi-year deal. It wasn't just for this year, it's a multi-year deal they've done with him. Yeah, and also Kevin Magnussen immediately showing he had great pace in his Haas, doing really good in preseason testing. Yeah, it looked like now with the help of Magnussen steering the ship, it looked like that Haas could now be really good. Yeah, so going into FP1 now, the drivers already had a lot of experience with Bahrain now because that's where the preseason testing was. But one driver that really needed to get to grips with it was Daniel Ricciardo. He tested positive for COVID-19, so he missed all of the preseason testing. So he really needed to get to grips in Bahrain with the new McLaren. And also another driver that needed to get to grips was Nico Hulkenberg in the Aston Martin. After Sebastian Vettel tested positive for COVID, Hulkenberg replaced him at Aston Martin and was getting to grips with him. Yeah, so during preseason testing, it was just the drivers trying to learn the new, learn not learn the new track, but learn how the car went on the track, taking like some turns, especially turn four. They had to learn how to take that without running wide because it looked like that they could run wide very easily, and it looked like one car, the Aston Martin, it looked like that it was a quick car, but it looked really hard to control. On Sebastian Vettel's onboard, the car was oversteering, understeering, and snapping a lot mid-corner, so it looked like a very hard car to tame. Yep, and also Mercedes suffered a lot with the porpoising effect. The porpoising effect is basically with these new ground effect cars, the, um, the inverted wing floor shape would suck the car to the ground, but then when the car hit the ground, it would bounce back up, and then it would go back down and bounce back up really quickly, and that would cause a lot of bouncing, which would um be really bad for the drivers because they wouldn't be able to see clearly. Yeah, so after Bahrain testing, now moving on to the official Bahrain race weekend, FP1, the clear favorites for this weekend were obviously it looked like the fight were gonna be was gonna be between Red Bull and Ferrari now. Red Bull had the better driver Max Verstappen, of course, him being the reigning world champion, but Ferrari looked to have the better team because they had both drivers who were looking very consistent and both drivers were not only quick but were also like pretty much matching each other. Whereas Perez is still like two, three tenths down on Verstappen. Yep, and you would also see the debut of the new Red Bull-branded powertrain that the likes of AlphaTauri and Red Bull are running now after Honda withdrawing 
they're still using Honda technology, but it's officially branded the Red Bull powertrain. Yeah, so going to FP1 now, at the end of FP1, it was a very surprising Pierre Gasly in P1 with a 134-1 ahead of Charles Leclerc in P2 and Carlos Sainz in P3. And P4 went to George Russell in the, his new Mercedes, so Russell showing that he has some pace ahead of reigning world champion Max Verstappen, Lance Stroll in 6th, Lewis Hamilton down in 8th, Fernando Alonso or Lewis Hamilton in 7th, Fernando Alonso in 8th, Yuki Sonoda in 9th, and Sergio Perez rounding off the top 10. So going on into FP2 now, the drivers were looking as FP2 is in the night time in Bahrain, so it had conditions very similar to qualifying and the race, so the teams would be looking to get more some long runs in. Not really push laps yet, but they would be looking to get race distance laps in and like see how their car's race pace would be and at the end of that session it was max verstappen who took p1 with a time of a 131.9 which was more than three seconds quicker than pierre gasly's time of a 134.1 gasly's that was gasly's best time from fp1 so behind Verstappen, it was Charles Leclerc again in second, ahead of Carlos Sainz, who also was in third, and then George Russell, who was also in fourth again. Then Fernando Alonso came in fifth, ahead of Valtteri Bottas in sixth in his new Alfa Romeo team. So Bottas showing that he can extract some pace out of the Alfa Romeo. And Bottas, of course, having a little bit of a difficult start to his Alfa career because Alfa Romeo have had not the best reliability so he's had to make he's had to um get a, get up to grips with the car quickly because he had a little bit of a disadvantage because he didn't get as much laps in but behind Bottas was Perez again lacking behind his teammate then Mick Schumacher in 8th Lewis Hamilton in 9th and then Kevin Magnussen in 10th going into FP3 now drivers were fine tuning the teams were tuning their setups now before qualifying and they were trying to get as much more data as they could before they dialed the cars in for qualifying and again it was verstappen and leclerc the top two this time sergio perez was in p3 this time only two tenths off verstappen and then it was russell again p4 and then Sainz p5 and Lewis Hamilton 6th, and again Magnussen and Bottas impressing in their cars with 7 and 8, ahead of Joe Guan Yu, and then Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. Yeah, so the FP3 was that where the drivers started to push a lot more, trying to like, they did a lot of soft tyre runs, trying to see where they could push the car really hard, and where they kind of had to back off a little bit, but this was to prepare their cars, cars for qualifying. So moving on into qualifying now, a very interesting qualifying session because nobody had any idea who was going to be out in Q1, whereas like last year it was kind of predictable where it would be the usual Alfa Romeo, Williams and Haas out in Q1, but now we had no idea who was going to be. So at the end of Q1, Nicholas Latifi is in, starts in last place as he was eliminated. Lance Stroll was also eliminated in 19th. And a very surprising Daniel Ricciardo in the McLaren was out in Q1 as well in 18th place. But, I mean, it was surprising but not surprising given that he had a massive disadvantage after this weekend was the first, like, first time he got to 
test out the car on the track, whereas the other drivers had three days previous of experience. So Ricardo was out in Q1. Then Nico Hulkenberg deputizing for Sebastian Vettel out in 17th. And Yuki Sonoda in the Alpha Tari was also out in 16th. Going to Q2 now, we saw Zhou Guan Yu in his Formula 1 debut. He got into the top. He got into Q2, but unfortunately for him, he'd start 15th. And then Alex Albon, another returning driver, started P14. And it wasn't just Daniel Ricciardo struggling in the McLaren. It's Lando Norris, too, because he's knocked out in Q2, starting t- 13th. And Mick Schumacher and Esteban Ocon start ahead of the McLaren. So the McLarens are not... The McLaren drivers aren't feeling happy in their car. They said they've had issues with overheating brakes. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come back from that. Yeah, so moving to Q3 now after a very tight Q3 session that went right down to the end. It was Charles Leclerc who took pole position for Ferrari. His first pole since Baku last year. He took pole with a time of a 1.35. So a very, very quick time considering the first, the fastest time after FP1 was a 1.34. His fastest time after qualifying was a 1.35. Max Verstappen then got second just one-tenth down on Leclerc after a 1.30.6 lap time. Then Carlos Sainz got third with a 1.36.8. So just he was just six six uh, thousandths of a second behind Verstappen. Then Perez came in fourth, uh, three-tenths behind Carlos Sainz. Lewis Hamilton in fifth after, I think he would have taken that fifth considering where Mercedes were in terms of pace, how they were struggling a lot behind Ferrari and Red Bull. Valtteri Bottas, a super qualifying from him to line up sixth alongside his former teammate Lewis Hamilton. Kevin Magnussen on his F1 return lines up in 7th for Haas, so a very, very good qualifying for him. And the first time Haas have made it into Q3 since 2020. Uh, Fernando Alonso in 8th for Alpine. George Russell, a disappointing qualifying from him, finishing in, or qualifying in 9th. And then Pierre Gasly in 10th for AlphaTauri. So now going to the race, it would be really interesting to see how the first race of this new generation of Formula 1 would get underway. And as the lights went out, it was a good start between Leclerc and Verstappen. But Leclerc led into Turn 1, and then there was jockeying in the back as we saw Sergio Perez having a bit um, of a bad start. And we saw a fast-starting Kevin Magnussen trying to attack the likes of Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton in his house. But Leclerc kept the lead and was trying to pull away from Max Verstappen as he was battling Carlos Sainz. Yeah, so before DRS was enabled, Leclerc was stretching the gap just a little bit, but Verstappen was hanging in there, keeping his ground. And then when DRS was enabled, Verstappen had so much pace, the Red Bull powertrain 
This actually has a lot of straight line speed, so he was able to come at Leclerc really fast, and he was on lap 7, I think it was. Then we saw a really interesting battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. Of course, when Leclerc and Verstappen have battles, it's obviously really exciting to watch. An example, Austria 2019 and Silverstone 2019. So Leclerc and Verstappen, two youngsters who never give up and always fight as hard as they can. So it was Verstappen with DRS, he took the lead into turn one, but then Leclerc got DRS towards turn four, so he was able to re-overtook, and that cycle kept going for two, three laps. Yep, and also at the beginning, we saw Kevin Magnussen in his half start well, but another person on the other half, so Mick Schumacher, did start, started okay till he got spun around a full 180 degree, 360 degree spin, after being tagged by Esteban Ocon's Alpine. Um, so Ocon got a time penalty for that. But Mick Schumacher was still able to get going. But the McLarens also fell way down the order. They just didn't have any race pace. Yeah, both McLarens were the only two drivers that started on the medium tyres. So compared to the softs, they didn't have any pace. And for McLaren, this weekend was kind of a weekend for them to forget. This is not the McLaren we knew from last year and they have some work to do in terms of finding what their problems with the car is because they just could not extract any pace out of it today yeah so going through the race now we saw a lot of good battles we saw Joe Guan Yu on his Formula 1 debut he was trying to battle the likes of Mick Schumacher and Fernando Alonso to try and get into the top 10 to score points on debut yeah, so throughout the pit stop phases, then we saw um, Verstappen, he nearly got ahead of Leclerc the first round of pit stops, but Leclerc managed to stay ahead, and Sainz also managed to stay ahead of Perez, Perez who was constantly putting the pressure on Sainz, he just could not pass him in the end. But then even after the second round of pit stops, again, Verstappen was a little bit angry though this time, because the team told him to... Um, not told him to not push as much during the outlap because he was on the medium tires and they had to get through to the end of the race. So they told him to not push a lot and that allowed Leclerc to get through in the lead. So Verstappen was a little bit mad about that, saying that if he was allowed to push, then he could have easily overtaken Leclerc. But then the race turned into a three-stop when Pierre Gasly's Alpha Tauri caught on fire and a lot of cars dived into the pits so the red bull powertrain then failing on its first race blowing up in a lot of fire for pierre gasly's car so that really shook up the pecking order yep and a lot of people pitted and they just try and leclerc was able to stay ahead into the lead but one thing we liked we saw from verstappen that we also saw in abu dhabi 2021 we saw Verstappen trying to hassle the leader to try to get going and it didn't work out for Verstappen because he was on the inside of the final corner so he had a really tight line into and out of that corner so Leclerc was able to bolt away and Verstappen came under pressure from Carlos Sainz and Sainz um, was attacking him and Verstappen was also suffering from a steering related issue which also and he also had a powertrain issue. So again, the Red Bull powertrain seeming to have some problems. 
Yeah, it was a hydraulics issue for Verstappen, which was limiting his power steering. So it was very hard for him to steer. That allowed Leclerc, or allowed Sainz to close out massively towards him. And at the end of at the second DRS or third DRS straight, Verstappen was uh, was under a lot of pressure from Carlos Sainz because that's when he started having battery related issues, and he was saying like he didn't have any pace. So Sainz was able to make a move down the inside there with the help of DRS, and that made it a Ferrari one two. Mm-hmm. And then Verstappen had to retire his car, and just as it looked like things couldn't get any worse for Red Bull, on the final lap, Sergio Perez into turn one, his engine just gave way, and he spun around after his engine died. So it was three Red Bull powertrain issues. And for the three Red Bull teams, um, drivers, and it was just a miserable day for them. Yeah, so then that allowed Lewis Hamilton for Mercedes to get up into the podium places after a disappointing weekend so far for Mercedes. They now had a podium, but it was, all eyes were on the car number 16 for Ferrari. As he came through the final corner now, he took his third win in Formula 1, his first win since Monza 2019, and he took a dominant win from Paul after leading all 57 laps. Charles Leclerc won for Ferrari, taking Ferrari's first win since Singapore 2019 when Sebastian Vettel led home Charles Leclerc. Then Carlos Sainz came home in second to make it a Ferrari 1-2, and Ferrari's first 1-2 since again Singapore 2019. Lewis Hamilton finished in third place and took a podium for Mercedes that they would enjoyed a lot ahead of George Russell on his Mercedes debut, coming home in fourth place, taking a good haul of points for Mercedes. Then Kevin Magnussen on his F1 return took fifth place for Haas, bringing home 10 points for them, which was more than they've scored in the last two seasons combined. Then Valtteri Bottas on his Alfa Romeo debut took big points for them as well in 6th place ahead of Ocon in 7th, Yuki Tsunoda in 8th, Fernando Alonso in ninth, and then Joe Guan Yu on his F1 debut picking up points in Bahrain coming home in 10th place. Yep, it was really good to see Haas showing some great pace now. Haas third in the Constructors' Championship behind Red Bull and Ferrari. Behind Mercedes and Ferrari. Yeah, but then um, Ferrari, it's really good for them to be back at fighting at the front. I think we've all missed Ferrari being at the front and fighting for wins because that's what they deserve. They're the most successful team in F1 history, and it shows that their early development of the 2022 cars has paid off. Yeah, for the last eight seasons now, we've seen Mercedes be the dominant team. Only last season have we seen... Um, a t- another team, Red Bull, properly challenged them. We've seen other teams, like, we've seen Ferrari challenge them before in 2017 and 2018, but now it looks like it could be a proper fight between Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes, with the likes of maybe um, Haas, too. Haas and maybe McLaren, if they can get their issues sorted out, fighting with them. So I feel like it's going to be a really great season ahead. Yeah, thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast and be sure to join us next time as we take a look at the 2022 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Thank you.